So um, as part of the Beyond the Room initiative, I'm here with Teresa Bentecourt at the ISTSS 2019 and um, she just provided an amazing keynote on um, addressing the psychological impact of war uh, among youth, uh, especially in difficult uh, areas of the world to set up mental health interventions. And could you just, for our listeners who weren't able to attend the conference, just give us a summary of um, what is the most important thing to consider when you are trying to address the mental health consequences of war among youth? Well, thanks for covering uh, the keynote talk and talking about these really important issues. I uh, would say lead with ethics mm -hmm. first. Um, I think when we're working with vulnerable populations, ethical considerations have to be front and center. Um, and then I guess the second important theme is proceed with partnerships, meaningful, long-term, committed partnerships. Um, don't make assumptions. Uh, and you know, rush uh, that these sorts of these sorts of partnerships and doing ethical, careful work takes time, mm -hmm. and um, takes uh, also a view towards eventually putting yourself out of business and empowering locals, local providers, local academics, and um, looking towards a future where uh, we see many more people from uh, war-affected settings and other settings of adversity in the leadership um, in terms of the research that's being done and um, the implementation of interventions and policies. And you gave a really um, good case study of your work in Sierra Leone mm. and the different kind of methods that went into conducting the research and the importance of understanding the context and the culture. So for anybody else who's trying to replicate your research, what kind of methods or what advice would you give to them um, when they're trying to set up a study or trying to secure maybe a grant or... Yeah, so I did talk a little bit about how just the fact of being an outsider to cultures in which I often have found myself working and not knowing the language, that that first means, again, you start with ethics and partnerships first. Yeah. Uh, but also that you you learn over time that you need to learn about local context, and oftentimes that means taking more of a mixed methods perspective, you know, starting with the qualitative to understand context, to understand how certain constructs are defined locally, what are um, local terms and indicators for mental health problems, if that's what you're interested in. But if you have other questions too, like parenting, um, protective processes, what are those uh, constructs and what are the indicators of them if you want to measure them? And then how can you learn about context to think about intervention models um, that would build on local strengths and capacities and would be a good fit to context. So that's why it's so important to slow down and learn about context before proceeding. So I would definitely advise students to be learning about qualitative and quantitative methods if you want to work cross-culturally with vulnerable populations. And then I also tried to argue today that we need the evidence base um, to be strengthened, but we can't stop at the randomized control trial. That we also need to start pushing ourselves into the study of the dissemination, sustainment of evidence-based practices in very fragile um, settings affected by adversity, and that's going to take new methods of mm -hmm. testing strategies uh, to scale up, scale out, sustain quality, have quality improvement, and that there's a whole field that's grown out of health sciences research, quality improvement research in medicine and social work that we can be applying to low resource settings. <laughs>
and I suppose another challenge um, when you're trying to conduct research in a low resource setting that may have been affected by war or conflict is intergenerational trauma. Mm -hmm. um, so it's something that researchers need to consider and yeah. there are um, interventions now being designed and implemented and you gave a great example of one in um, Rwanda. Mm -hmm. um, I was wondering if you could tell us a bit more about that as well. Sure. So the intervention I talked about in Rwanda is called Sugiro Muryango or Strengthen the Family. Uh, it's a family-based preventative intervention. It's an adaptation of Bill Beardsley's family-based preventative intervention that has been used in a range of different cultures. In this case, we first adapted it to Rwanda for families affected by HIV. Um, then at the request of partners like the World Bank and um, the government National Early Childhood Development Program, we've now developed a uh, early childhood development focused version, not specific to HIV, uh, but core components are active coaching, not lecturing people, going to the home, having them engage with their young child, and the engagement of fathers, uh, especially because we're looking to promote early childhood development but also prevent violence. And that means you have to take a whole family approach, and this can work with different family types, you know, moms and dads, dads only, moms only, auntie, uncle, grandparents, and be flexible. And our implementation strategy in Sugiro Moyango is to link it to um, social protection programs that are already reaching very poor families. So that's the way we can identify those that have a higher level of vulnerability for a program like that that involves home visiting. Yeah. Well, it was great to interview you. Thanks My so pleasure. much. My pleasure. Yeah. Thank you. Nice to meet you.